When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there and welcome to this week's Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is our weekly podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Scout Scout Network. In each episode we'll look back at the game week we've just played and assess what we can learn to happen in the next round of fixtures. We'll also catch up with a member of the Scout Network to find out what they've been up to as well as gaining an insight into their FPL planning and content. I'm Sam from the FPL family. Let's Scout the Game Week. It's an all-female show this week. I am joined by the lovely FPL Nymphria. Nim, thanks for coming back and joining me again. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Hi, Sam. You you good? You good? Having a all good right. week? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in the midst of double, triple game week chaos, aren't we? So we are yes. recording this on Thursday morning, which means we, of course, have two more games to go um, in game week 35, ahead of blank game week 36. So Nim and I will be talking about what we know so far from 35, looking ahead to blank game week 36. But for those of you that missed Nim's last appearance on Scout the Game Week, or if you've been hiding under a bush and are <laughs> unfamiliar with Nim's content, Nim, do you want to just give us a little bit of an overview of you and where we can find you? Yeah, sure. So I'm FPL Nymphria. I was the first female to cover FPL on YouTube and I create weekly content on and around fantasy football on my channel, social media channels and the FPL Wildcats YouTube channel. Let's get into scouting the game week. So as I mentioned already, it is triple game week 35 that we are currently part of. Of course, as I mentioned before, we have our two games tonight, triple game week game between Manchester United and, and Liverpool, but also the Aston Villa game to come as well. So some big football and some big important FPL football to come this evening. But let's start by kind of looking at our trebling team, I think, because even though we haven't seen the third game from them, they did beat Aston Villa quite comfortably in the end in the first game of the double game week with Bruno on the score sheet, of course, scoring his standard penalty that we all kept him for. Um, Greenwood, and, and then Cavani coming on to get some FPL points for those that invested in him ahead of the, the triple game week. Harry Maguire was the big talking point, though, for that game week with his injury, which saw him miss out in the second game against Leicester and will likely see him miss out against Liverpool this evening. Although, of course, sometimes miracles do happen and, and FPL managers like <laughs> Maguire can kind of live in hype. But then we saw massive rotation, didn't we, for the Leicester game on Tuesday evening. It was only Greenwood yeah. that managed to get a start in both games. So for FPL managers that own him, I think there was a little bit of trepidation that meant, OK, well, he's definitely not going to get the third game. However, the fact that brought him off so early would suggest to me that maybe there is a chance that Greenwood actually does get to start all three games. So he might have been the right one. How many Manchester United players have you currently got in your FPL team? Yeah, so I've got two at the moment. I've got Bruno and Shaw. I'm so frustrated I didn't go for Greenwoods. I already like knew that I wanted to get Shaw in because he's quite an attacking defender and I like going for attacking defenders. And I got him in in my wild card last game week. But I've had Bruno all season. Adding another United asset, though, would have left me with six non-players and 36 without any injury or rotation concerns on top. 
So I made the stupid decision, I guess you would say, to go back to Jota. Oh my gosh, like seriously, <laughs> that man, he's so frustrating to own. Um, wish I'd just taken the hit for Greenwood, banked his points and moved on, to be honest. For instance, he's on 18 points already. If I'd taken the minus eight, so minus four in, minus four back out, still be 10 points better off <laughs> before he's even played the Liverpool game tonight, which... Like you said, I really think he will get minutes in that match. I'm not sure whether it's starting or coming on. I, but I actually could see him starting again, to be honest, with him being hooked exactly like he did in the first game. So, It's, it's a really interesting one for me because, much like yourself, I had one eye on game week 36 when I was making my decisions about Manchester United. As a Saka owner, obviously won't play in 36, as a Ian Acho and Castagna owner, who obviously both don't play in 36, and Luke Shaw and Bruno Fernandes. I was very much in the, if I add to this again, one, it's a hit going into the game week, and it's definitely a hit coming out of the game week. And if somebody else gets injured, I am at two hits coming out of the game week. So if suddenly you're going from taking one minus four to do it, that's okay. Yeah. But to talk about what would effectively for me have been a minus 12. And in my case, probably will will have ended up being a minus 12 because now I have this injury problem with Veltman that looks like it's going yeah, to cause course. me issues. So it could have been even more on top. It, it, yeah, it would have. So in some ways, you know, I would have been talking about a minus 12 to get in somebody else from Manchester United. And that just felt too much to go yeah. into the treble game, particularly as we were looking at these three fixtures in conjunction, of course, with their European match last Thursday evening, thinking, you know, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, how many minutes are these players actually going to get? Yeah. I think that there were some FPL managers out there that did make the call, the brave call, to <laughs> go with three. <laughs> and that was partly dependent, I guess, upon how many other players from 36 they had that were going to miss out or whether they still had a free hit chip that kind of thing left over but for a lot of FPL managers there was just that kind of it was a step too far I think and and sometimes you sit back and you look at it and think I wish I'd have brought him in but I guess we have to find out what happens in the final game tonight I mean the reality is that coming out of game week 36 Manchester United actually do end the season quite nicely so holding them through 36 if you can does actually make some sense. That's what I'm planning to do with Twella later, but I'm planning to keep my Manchester United assets on that basis. I'm, um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure yet. We'll talk. Uh, talk a little bit about that <laughs> later on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on and talk about Aston Villa then, because another team that were quite highly invested in for the double game week that they had. Obviously, Martinez has been incredibly popular for the majority of this season. Didn't return in the first game of the game against Manchester United. However, you know there is potential going into this second game against Everton that he could keep a clean sheet there. And certainly, if nothing else, there's always potential for save points with Martinez because he has yeah. that, been that kind of keeper this season. Watkins... <laughs> as Watkins. an Ollie Watkins owner, did you have Ollie Watkins this week? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Just as an Ollie Wa- Watkins owner. <laughs> <laughs> as an Ollie Watkins owner, I must admit, I was not a very happy bunny when he received no. that red card against mm-hmm. Manchester United, particularly as it was my bench boost week. Yeah. And then he gets Agreed. minus one. Incredibly infuriating. But it is worth mentioning that, of course, he isn't a player that we need to necessarily worry about for game week 36 because he will just miss this second game um, of the double game week this evening and we'll be back for game week 36 so there were a lot of transfers out for Watkins 
on Sunday evening. But let's not panic because I think for a lot of FPL managers, there's going to be other issues that they have to deal with. Yeah, quite a lot of those um, transfers were actually for Wilson. So, um, absolutely. Ouch, if and if then, that was the case, yeah. So that's another issue. And then you know we can talk about him a, a little bit later. Just taper our concerns about Watkins. Feel aggrieved that he won't get his double game week. But also think, well, he is coming back in for 36, which is going to be quite nice when there's so many others that are missing. Yeah, I mean, I'm just frustrated with him, to be honest. I wildcarded a week ago ready for the double um, that actually became the triple. So I could bench boost like yourself. First of all, I had no idea of the postponement when I when I did that. And therefore the triple that was to follow. So my wildcard just hasn't worked out well at all on that turn of events. So I took a minus eight this week. But then the players I did have, like you said, um, that I'd got on in my wildcard that weren't part of that minus eight for the triple and double game week players, Liverpool and Man United, decided to cause me all kinds of problems. So Holgate not starting in the first game, that was like, oh, cheers for that. That's brilliant. Yeah. So I've got to keep my fingers crossed he starts tonight. have to see about um, Castagna now. He's an absolute nightmare. I know you've had him, Sam, and mm. he's just been awful pretty much the week I bought him. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I have broken him. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's one of those you just can't write it. Like, and then Ollie Watkins with that red card. It's like <laughs> everyone I got in on my wild card ready for the double just have, like, <laughs> let me down. And I'm looking at my bench boost and I'm thinking, like yourself, like, it's just... You know, I had, what, two, four, six, eight, eight, like, potential gains there to get points mm. on my bench boost. And, like, I am I would have been better off keeping it for a single game week at the moment, the way things are looking. <laughs> What's really frustrating for me about the bench boost this week is that it looked on paper to be promising double Brighton defence against a Wolf side that have been quite poor of late and definitely seemed to have taken a trip to the beach then Veltman gets this undisclosed calf injury, which now looks like it might also keep him out of game week 36 as well, which is a massive issue for me because, as I've already mentioned, I'm quite heavily invested in blank teams. So it's going to yeah, be a minus same. four for me this week just to ensure that I get 11 players out unless I take a risk on Veltman and accept that there might be just 10 players in my team this week. And then I had Jesse Lingard, whose form has has definitely wobbled. And actually, maybe this is a good time to talk about West Ham because they look a bit wobbly at the moment. Lingard, since Rice's injury, has sat a bit deeper. And I think that's also coincided with the form that Ben Rama and, of course, yeah. the returning Antonio have shown, that he has been deeper. He's been a bit less effective. But he actually didn't perform too badly, I didn't think, in that game. He, he got in some good places. There were some good opportunities. But the fixtures for West Ham moving forward are very, very nice indeed. And so I think I'm at a stage where with Lingard, of course, any player that plays in 36 that's currently in my team is absolutely going nowhere because they're going to be very much needed this week. But but I'm actually starting to look at West Ham again, thinking maybe now is the time that I should be starting to look at doubling up because likes of Antonio's come back in good form. Creswell is now back. Kufal, even though they've not kept a clean sheet in weeks and weeks now, he has got... I think it's four assists in the last six games. I sold so, him on my wild card. Like, so frustrating. It's annoying. Oh, it's definitely it is annoying because he just, even on the weeks, like you said, when they concede, he still seems to get a return. For, 
from an assist of some kind. So, you know, and that's what you want. That's the dream in, in a defender. And as you say, like Brighton away, West Brom away and Southampton at home, they are great fixtures. I lost Lingard this week to Jota chasing the double game week. So I'm unlikely to be able to get back to Lingard, but I am going to try and find my way back to Soufal, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for me, having watched West Ham, it wasn't their best performance by a long shot, I didn't think, in game week 35. But equally, no, the fixtures moving forward and the fact that so many teams at the top are having a wobble. Chelsea losing to Arsenal in their their second yeah. game of the that double. That was a shock. I did not expect us to win that at no. all. You know, and it was gifted as well. It was properly gifted. Although I will say I did love our fight a lot more last night. It did actually look like we were bothered to try last night, you know, where mm. that hasn't necessarily looked the case the last few weeks. So. No, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I said on last Scout the Game with last week that I thought that Arsenal would turn up for this game. They always yeah. seem to. The the London derbies, they seem to be able to kind of, and the, the teams, the big teams, they seem to be able to pick themselves up and play well in those games. I think, you know, with Chelsea having a bit of a wobble, there's so many teams kind of dropping points in and yeah. around that top part of the table. With Liverpool's game in hand, with Everton starting to pick up some form as well, it, it's all to play for up there. And so West Ham have got these three fixtures where it's like, you need to really win all three if you want to stand the chance of making that Champions League spot. So I'm looking at the West Ham team. I'm looking at Antonio. I'm thinking I've got Ian Acho with a blank. Maybe Antonio is yeah. a good good way to go. I've got uh, Castagna, who you've mentioned already, with a blank. Maybe going to yeah. a West Ham defender is, is the right thing to do. I think there's definitely scope for the double up at West Ham in these last three yep. fixtures, particularly as it looks like Declan Rice is coming back to being close to returning. And, and if that happens, that should free up Lingard a little bit more for more attacking returns as well, make him a better option. Whilst we're talking about defenders, I think it would be amiss not to mention uh, Stuart Dallas, who we both sold as part of our wild cards. Yes. <laughs> I decided in my infinite wisdom that those fixtures that Leeds had with the likes of Manchester United, Manchester City, Spurs, that they look difficult for clean sheets. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> same same bet- reasoning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kept Dallas for the Manchester City game. I just popped him on my bench for his 17-point yeah. haul and then oh, immediately sold ouch. him the week after, which was, on reflection, daft. But I think sometimes <laughs> when you're when you're wildcarding, you look at players and you look at the fixtures yeah. and you think... You know, you're a defender. Primarily, I want you to get me a clean sheet. Yes. And those fixtures for Dallas, I just didn't see clean sheets. And in many of them, I've been right. They haven't been clean sheets. No. (laughs) His attacking returns have just continued because he effectively doesn't defend anymore. He just plays as an attacking midfielder. Sometimes he's the furthest forward on the pitch for Leeds, which always makes me laugh. He won't be a defender next season, will he? It'll be another Lundstrom situation where he'll be moved to a midfielder, I think, you know. I would have thought so. I mean, I think I feel like he's been an absolute blessing this season. So, I mean, as an early transfer here, I will tell you that I have... I've already brought Dallas back in this week because okay. I, I sat and watched him play exclusive against Spurs. It's <laughs> an exclusive for you. I sat and watched him play against Spurs on Saturday lunchtime and thought, what am I doing with my life? Why do I not have this guy? <laughs> like, he was so unlucky. It's not always worse when it's against chance. your own team as well, oh, I think. 100%. You notice them so much more when it's against <laughs> your own team. And he was so 
unlucky. He could have braced again in that game. I just was, I was so impressed by him and by Leeds generally. And the fixtures take a nice swing for 36. So yeah. I was kind of thinking to myself, I, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. And I thought, well, I've got a defender there who, yes, he did get me a goal a couple of weeks ago, but since mm-hmm. then, defensively, Leicester have been poor. Yes. Andy Blanks. I think it's, it's been come- mainly since that whole situation. Yeah, it's yes, yes, it's all my fault. <laughs> I think it's the um injury, isn't it, that's caused him oh, to move yeah. into centre back and then that's just basically it's just free, like put all Brighton like pretty much kind of doing all of the things that Castagna would, yeah. would do. So it's taking away all of his attacking potential. And as we say, even though we look at our defenders initially for the defence, for me, a lot of my kind of thinking around when I get defender is their attack potential which is why I'm kind of you know looking to move back to Sufal for instance so I completely agree that like whilst Castagna is where he is he is not a viable option going forward unfortunately and also when you look at the fixtures beyond the blank you know they play Chelsea again and then they play Spurs and those those Spurs Leicester games are never nil nil they're always quite high scoring particularly when they fall on the last day of the season they never end up being the kind of boring games they always there's always goals in them so I don't see there being clean sheets there so once I've sold him it'll be a brace for Castagna (laughs) absolutely yeah absolutely so I've done that already um made that kind of transfer and thought right I'm sorting that one out because that was just one that I just and I also didn't want to risk Dallas going up in price any more than he already has because having bought him in I mean I'd owned him all season so having yeah, bought same. him in and then sold him it was kind of like I'm taking such a drop in his value that I've now got to invest more to bring him back again but mm. it felt like for these final three weeks of the season that he was really really needed whilst we're talking about defenders let's just move on to Brighton because they will be a team where a lot of people were invested because they play in 36 and and they've got really nice cheap options at the back we've already talked about Veltman um, ruining my bench boost this week (laughs) but also you know Lewis Dunk would have been a popular pick from their double a few weeks ago that people will have held looking ahead to game week 36 and thinking well this is a player that I might not necessarily want to play every week but he's cheap enough that I can bench him and then have him for this game week I'm going to want him so now of course we're in a situation where Dunk gets the goal then immediately well pretty much immediately yeah. gets, gets sent them. off mm-hmm. so he will miss game week 36 as will Neil Morpay if you've got him up top mm-hmm. because he gets a red card at the end of the game and we've got Potter, who normally um, normally plays down injury concerns to his players, actually saying it's going to be touch and go with Veltman. So I'd be slightly concerned that touch and go with Veltman means not much chance at all. What do we do about Brighton? Because also as a Sanchez owner, and there will be a lot of people out there that have the Mendy-Sanchez double up because of yeah. the doubles a few weeks ago. Do we still think Brighton are decent picks? I mean, we're surely going to hold them. If they're going to play this week, we're going to hold them. Yeah. But longer term? Yeah, it, it's a real tough one. So I think you've been really unlucky there. I got off of them just a tad early. So I had Sanchez and Veltman as well, and I sold them just before the Leeds clean sheet. So I was kind of kicking myself on that one. But at the moment, it's looking like I might have got off at just the right 
time and and had a bit of good foresight there um but we'll have to wait and see yeah if you've got them this game week and there's a chance that they may play then obviously keep but I guess it depends on those injuries going forward then I think it would be really good to keep your eyes open on whether you know whether you know some of those injuries are going to be back whether you know when Dunk returns that sort of thing because you need that stability I think in that defense for them to be worth keeping and attack wise it's just difficult isn't it it's really difficult to invest like you said Mope now with his red cards there's only really what who would you really consider I guess Danny Welbeck Welbeck. so it's like yeah so um you know and he you know he's had his odd return here or there but I think with so many other budget I guess you would say forward you know with such great fixtures till the end of the season you're more likely to hop on one of those aren't you than Mm. going to Welbeck um or keeping Welbeck even you'd probably want to after you blank you'd probably want to just shift him on to somebody with better fixtures really well let's talk about these these forwards because I think let's go from one extreme to the other we'll start with the budgets because Callum Wilson as you mentioned earlier I think was going to be a popular player for the end of the season run fixtures look nice enough um, and Newcastle had been playing so much better since the return of, of Wilson and St Maximin made a massive massive difference to that side really got themselves out of trouble it wasn't that many weeks ago that we were sit, sitting on streams talking about how Newcastle could easily go down here they were putting yeah. themselves into trouble at a time where Fulham and West Brom were starting to improve but they've turned it around and the news coming out of Newcastle that Callum Wilson will miss the remainder of the season is just painful I think because as you mentioned there were a lot of people that were making those early moves from Watkins across to Wilson on the back of his performance the other night so he was one that I think a lot of people will be kind of disappointed in and he would have been on people's radars for Ian Acho replacements so I think that that kind of leaves us in a situation where you either have to bench Ian Acho and keep him for Chelsea and Spurs on paper the fixtures aren't great but equally his form has been really good really solid regular returns so actually keeping him doesn't feel horrendous till the end of the season it's just whether Mm, you've got enough players to get out but that basically leaves you with a situation I think where you're you're looking for a kind of cheap player you can go up slightly and afford somebody like Dominic Calvert-Lewin who has lovely fixtures as well or Danny Danny Ings who braced this week yeah Mm -hmm. it seems to be back in form or you go cheaper and you look at somebody like maybe like Shea Adams. Now that yeah. Danny Ings is back alongside him, they both they both returned in game week 35. Yeah. Or I'm <laughs> gonna mention your favorite player. Is it time to go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop <laughs> messing around with mid-price table <laughs> players and I'm gonna go rogue, gonna bring in Aguero. Because oh. I think, oh, why'd you do this to me? <laughs> well, I think we have to talk about Manchester City because we they're do. going to be one of the players in game week 36 that do have a fixture. Yeah. So they are going to be a team that, in terms of premium assets, them alongside maybe Liverpool are going to be the ones that people are going to be looking to probably target. Potentially put Spurs in there as well, maybe. But Aguero, with Pep's comments about we've got to enjoy him while we can... It's his final three game weeks of the season. I'm guessing that we're going to see quite a lot of Aguero in the league over the next few games. I mean, the missed penalty was interesting. I think that's the best way to describe it. Interesting. Oh, bless Um, him. And that tweet afterwards, I thought that was so sweet that he would come out and apologise to everyone. I was like, oh. 
He's such he's... a nice person. I love him even more now. <laughs> the obsession with Aguero has gone up a notch yes. as a result. What are you thinking? Because I know that you, you have undivided loyalties to Aguero, but is he somebody that you would look to bring in for these last three games? Because we know what he can do. Yeah. The league is done now. They've won mm-hmm. it. He could, I, I suspect we could see a lot of rotation while he tries to keep players fit and available for the Champions That's League That's my final. main concern, I think, is the rotation and it's not necessarily that I think Aguero will play in those caps or that Champions League or you know or anything like that and that makes him less likely to play in the league I just think it's done now isn't it they're champions and Mm -hmm. Pep needs to look towards next season now so he may use these next last few games to try some youngsters some new formations you know and Aguero isn't in that mold you know he's not there next season so the kind of I guess if he'd put that penalty in and if he looked a bit more kind of dangerous I guess in the other games he's played to play a great goal was against Palace I think then I think he'd be more likely to to play in in the last few fixtures but I I'm no I'm nervous I'm not gonna lie to you I, I would love to get him back in and and have him in for just for nostalgia and just to say I, I had him you know again before he didn't play possibly in the Premier League I mean we're assuming he's not going to be in the Premier League next season I would love to do it but I think it'd be more with my heart than with my head he hasn't looked completely on it since he's been back and I would be concerned that Pep might use these last couple of games to to try out some of the youngsters some of the new formations and I'm not sure how much Aguero will feature in that I think he will get time don't get me wrong he will get game time and we will see him and I'll enjoy watching him I think but I'm, I'm not sure I'll necessarily be owning him although his record against Newcastle is fantastic so <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's find the man, I find the Man City conversation really challenging because yes. the fixtures are good but the yeah. league is won and yes. at that moment where the league is won, there is obvious kind of ability to rotate to make sure that everyone gets a medal, has enough, yeah. you know, game time for that. Absolutely. To make sure that Aguero finishes his career in style. Like that home game with the fans, Aguero 100% yeah. surely plays a big part in that. Fine. But then there's so much rotation that can go around the rest of that squad that that worries me a bit because... Yeah. What we do see sometimes with Manchester City is when we get really big, chunky rotation across the squad, we get a little bit of inconsistency in terms of finishing from players. And whilst I would really like to bring in Aguero, because I know that at some point in the next three weeks, he's going to bang. He will. He'll have a game where he is fantastic. And it will probably be the game in front of the fans. If I was going to place a bet, that would be the one that I would Mm -hmm. would bet on. But there can be, and there likely will be rotation around players like KDB, like Gundogan, like Foden, like Mares, players that he's going to want to play in the Champions League final. And as a result of that, might we just see a little bit of lack of connectivity, I guess, because the team is constantly changing and it's evolving. And we'll see that from a lot of teams as they try things out for the new season. But with Manchester City assets, there's so much money that for me, I I don't want to be investing in a team that I feel won't necessarily give their all in these last games. I want the teams like West Ham, like Liverpool, 
like um, Everton. Something to fight for. Really got something to fight for. And yeah, that you so can bank, you can pretty much bank your game time on other than, you know, potential injury pretty much, you know, that yeah. you can't foresee. You know, you yeah. want to be able to try and, and that's, I think, I guess that's my worry with City and with Aguero is Mares starts just because he got his, his rest against Chelsea. Um, but you know he's quite pricey i guess in that in that midfield and then does he start every game between now and the end of the season and if you're potentially taking a hit this week which you might be then you're kind of hoping to hit for players that you can keep until the end of the game week and cover that you know uh, sorry to the end of the season so you can cover that hit you know so it would be lovely to get in Foden, Gundogan much cheaper assets and think yeah fantastic you know we've got them they'll be a lot of fun to own but like I just agree with you I'm just too concerned about the rotation and what will happen there but yeah it would be lush to own Aguero in the last game week of the season I'm not completely ruling that one out um I guess I'll just wait and see where I'm at when we get to the last game week of the season and if, if I'm looking awful and I've just had you know a shocking next two game weeks and I might just do it for the sake of just having just for the sake of it and having a bit of fun um well, that, but otherwise I mean I think you yeah. know I look at game week 38 home game against Everton where they're going to lift the trophy where it's going to be Aguero's last Premier League game for the club Maybe I might, maybe I might just invest in Aguero for the final game week of the season. But in order to do that, I have to do some prep because I'm not going to take out Kane to do that. So there needs to be a bit yeah. of rotation around the others uh, in order to make sure I have the budget for it. But I think for me, Aguero is somebody I would like to own, but I'm not sure that I can I can justify it just at this yeah. precise moment in time when I'm so concerned about match time for 36 because I'm not going to have a bench to cover me. If it wasn't a blank, you could possibly risk it. Yeah, it's different then. But the blank, I think you just, you really need to try and go for a player that you think is going to start. Yeah. Yeah. And so unless Pep says something between now and the next game week starting where he says, you know, Aguero gets his chance again against Newcastle, then, you know, (laughs) maybe, (laughs) maybe it's, it's a tad risky this week. Yeah. All right, well, let's turn our attention then to blank game week 26 because obviously we're missing four key sides from this game week in Leicester, Chelsea, Arsenal and Manchester United. For most FPL managers... Because of the triple, that's going to involve at least a couple of Manchester United assets, probably three in some cases. Chelsea have been incredibly popular, so they will be highly owned. Leicester have been popular. Arsenal potentially are the ones in there that are going to be the least problematic to people. Might be have one, but unlikely to have more than one Arsenal player unless you are the most diehard of Arsenal fans. (laughs) Um, But for most managers, I would say that you'll be lucky if you've got less than four players not playing this game week. But it could be up to six or seven, depending upon Mm -hmm. how you've covered game week 35 and beyond that and how your team is set out. How many do you have currently in your squad that won't play next week? So, um, sorry, I have nine playing. Um, So I have, um, I had a little bit of a a shake around last week in the minus eight that I took. When I wildcarded a few weeks ago, I tried to set up so I wouldn't be left short on 36. Unfortunately, the triple meant I had to like look at it again a little bit. And that's why I went for Jota for Lingard rather than Mm. Greenwood, for instance, in the hope that Jota plays in 36. I guess we'll need to see if he starts tonight based on him being dropped originally for that fixture. Lots seem to think he will miss out at some point in the next few games. 
things I mean mm. I hope not my hope was that he was just going to be getting a rest and that you know because they didn't play that won't happen now but the idea of him being rested against United doesn't sit quite right <laughs> in a weird kind of way in my head it doesn't feel like that's what would be, would have been done you know it sounds like a more tactical thing yeah um so I wonder if Klopp will still stick with that now or whether he'll think because United have you know had the extra fixture whether he'll try and go for it and, and play Jota but I don't know what that means for him then in in 36 he's a big question mark for me I'm a little bit worried that that'll drop to eight and then I also have Holgate um who didn't start against Aston Villa so I need to see whether he starts tonight that could also drop again <laughs> um to seven it's likely gonna be a minus four for me at the least to try and get out 11 obviously it might not actually end up being 11 if some of those question marks don't end up coming through really yeah it's definitely it's definitely a tough one I mean I have I had nine that mm-hmm. were going to start, um, but that included Veltman and his potential injury. I've already, as I said, mentioned that I've taken Castagna out for Dallas. So I've now got 10, but it includes yeah. Veltman. Still have a free transfer. So I can get to 11 with Veltman, but in order to have a guaranteed 11, or as hopeful as I can be that it's a guaranteed 11, it's going to have to be a minus four. Let's have a think about then who, how many hits would be too many because there's a lot of questions that we've had over the last couple of weeks about you know going into double game weeks how many hits is too many to make it justifiable going into a blank game week how many hits is too many to make it right Mm. Um, and it's really hard it's really hard to answer those questions because actually not taking a hit often has such a positive impact on your rank at the beginning And that actually, you know, you have to weigh that up against how likely is the player going to return, but not just in that one week. So one of the things I always look at when I'm kind of trying to decide about should I take a hit for a player is can I spread the risk of that hit? So with somebody like, let's say, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, who has a really lovely fixture in 36, followed by a really lovely fixture in 37. Mm -hmm. So kind of you can justify a hit for him because the risk is spread because you would potentially want to captain him across the next two game weeks that's what I did for the double that's why I got him I got him in so actually I I sold Kane for Dominic Calvert-Lewin um to cover the double and as you say because he has those nice fixtures back out the other side and he looked to be getting back into you know some sort of decent (laughs) decent form again so that's exactly what I did I tried to spread my risk across a couple of game weeks by taking that hit this week and getting another double game week player into my squad but also covering a a blank game week as well hopefully (laughs) yeah and so I think for me you know my message I guess would be don't go crazy with the hits but if the hit is something that you think could pay off over the next two to three game weeks Mm -hmm. if the player that you're going to bring in has really nice fixtures between now and the end of the season so if you're a Mendy owner for example you might be looking at the next two game weeks thinking okay well 
he blanks in 36 and then the fixtures aren't hugely great coming out mm. you know Leicester in, in 37 is difficult maybe actually looking at somebody like Fabianski and yeah. taking a hit for him normally a hit for a goalkeeper is not something that I would recommend no. but if it's a hit that gets you through the next three weeks with the potential yeah. for clean sheets in each week maybe it's justifiable and it's worth it so look at it from your own team's perspective I guess and, and, and work it out from yeah. there eight nine decent to cover the blank game week i'd say what do you think i think eight or nine is is a is a kind of a base number it's and then hard, everything above that is kind yeah. of it's a challenge <laughs> i was i hate i hate this blank game week stuff because you do sit there and you think right well who how many is too few how many yeah. is enough and for me, 11 is always the number. Like, that's what yeah. I want. I want 11. Of course. Because um, even so... if you're taking a minus four and they play and they get two points, I mean, it's only cost you minus two, really, when you think of it that way, rather than minus four, yeah. you know? So and then we... anything on top of that is a bonus. Exactly. So. And, and you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking at my squad thinking, well, actually, I quite like to... And this is where it's hard because I, you know, I have have my team set up and I think, but I like a lot of you going forward. So the, Leeds, <laughs> the Leicester boys, I was sort of happy-ish to sell because of the fixtures yeah. moving forwards. So they're, they're kind of players that I'm thinking, oh, oh, taking a hit for them feels a little bit difficult because it doesn't feel, sorry, uh, taking a hit for them feels fine because yeah. they don't play you know, and they don't play and then the fixtures aren't great. But, for example, my Arsenal player, so I have Saka, who, when I brought him in, I thought could be difficult. This could be a challenge yeah. because if Arsenal make the Europa League final, I could be in a position where Saka's game time is is limited to protect him for that final because he's so important yeah. to the Arsenal squad. When they went out of Europe, it was kind of like, well, okay, then that's going to improve Saka's game time. Yeah. So I'm quite happy with him. And then I look at the Arsenal fixtures after 36 a game against Crystal Palace and a game against Brighton and I think and something to fight for (laughs) that looks quite nice I kind of have to go for it now (laughs) yeah so you know there is there is potential to downgrade him to Smith Rowe save a bit of money Mm -hmm. use that money to upgrade somebody else elsewhere but that still means bringing a pair of blanks this week if I take Saka out for Smith Rowe so a bit of an interesting kind of conversation for me to have let's talk about our best picks for this week then something I always get everyone to do when they come on is to give me a goalkeeper a defender a midfielder and a forward for this week that you think is kind of the best pick so let's start with your goalkeeper if you were picking a goalkeeper if you were free hitting straight choice who would be the goalkeeper that you would put in your goal well I'd love to say Pitford but I have him and don't want to curse him (laughs) (laughs) so um so if you can afford him then Edison against Newcastle I reckon um Willick is a sneaky pick of mine past game week 36 because I think City would be quite difficult for him especially without um, Wilson around mm. but with no Wilson I, I do expect City to to keep out Newcastle and keep a clean sheet so if I was free hitting and I could afford it then I'd probably go Edison this week yeah he I mean he's a lovely pick isn't he consistency of starts lack of rotation he's going for the golden glove as well isn't he so yeah (laughs) and actually that's a really valid point because those are things that we shouldn't forget about you know with our players that are going for the golden boot the golden glove they could make a massive difference to our squads moving forward couldn't they yeah what about a defender then who would you have in your defense for this week if you were going to pick out one yeah we mentioned him earlier Sufal um even if West Ham concede 
Sufar carries that attack and threat. And with Brighton missing Duncan Beltman, as we've mentioned, uh, you'd mm. like to think he'd be right amongst it and getting those crosses in for whoever to get on the end of it. So, yeah, I think Sufal would be my defender this week. I actually think there's quite a few defenders, actually, isn't there? Yeah, there's some good go ones for. this week, I think. Yeah, there's yeah. Trent against West Brom. There's yeah. um, Dina and Coleman against Sheffield United. There's mm-hmm. Dallas against Burnley. Like, <laughs> yes. there's, there's so many that you could go for. All look like they've got the potential uh to keep clean sheets and to get some attacking returns from the game if you've been able to sit on that free hit man you're in some nice like at least looking at the fixtures you're in some nice spot but i mean it would have been hard to have not played it last week really wouldn't it (laughs) or this (laughs) week for sure for sure um, okay, what about the midfield then? Who would you have as your midfielder of choice? Bit, kind of a bit out there. I guess he's kind of out there. Uh, Sigurdsson. So oh. as you mentioned, Everton face Sheffield United and Sigurd seems to be getting decent minutes at the moment mm. with him. Lots of space, lots of set pieces and his ability to score goals like he did against Spurs. I could imagine him getting a return against Sheffield United. Well, they've been so poor defensively, haven't yeah. they, of late? And and they don't even seem to be kind of... Sometimes when, when teams go down, they get a bit of a bounce, don't they? Yeah. They, they kind of play with a bit more freedom. And and they seem to be trying new things, but they're not really getting yeah, that bounce. Really pain, it's really sad, um, particularly I, given how brilliant Sheffield United were last season. It has been oh, quite sad to watch that. I think that's what's, yeah, that's what's been the saddest, is just knowing... Yeah how kind of like Lord Lundstrom and everything for us FPL last season, you know, we were really into it, weren't we? And then it's just kind of, yeah, it's been so sad to see them decline. It it definitely has. I mean, I I think also, you know, don't overlook Salah this week. He's Liverpool's away form so much better than their home form returns in four of the last five. There's a reason why he's the most expensive player in the game and yeah with the fixtures the way that they are till the end of the season and with the position that Liverpool now find themselves in particularly if they get a result against Manchester United this evening they are right back in the Champions League mix and it would be quite frankly a miracle for for (laughs) Liverpool to qualify for the Champions League this season but somehow I wouldn't put it past them to just sneak I really hope they go out there and fight tonight I really hope so because you know having Trent Jota and Salah in my team the last few weeks has been actual hell because <laughs> it's like literally they have looked like scoring every two minutes and I'm on the edge of my seat like yes this is the one I'm gonna get rid of and then nothing and I'm like oh it's just it's so frustrating so I really really hope tonight they can just go out there be free and go for it and our assets get some returns so well as an owner of the same three Liverpool players I certainly <laughs> hope that you are right um all right let's have a forward then are we going Aguero or are we going somewhere else <laughs> so lots of good options like you said this week Bamford Antonio DCL all good picks but I'm gonna go for Chris Wood actually yes yeah, ticking away nicely with five goals and one assist in the last three games we all know that Leeds can often leave a lot of space at the back mm. when they attack and I think they will do a lot of that in the next three game weeks. You know, they'll try and go out of the season with a bang. So this could leave the door wide open for Wood to do his thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, like like we said with the defender, there's a lot of options, isn't there, this yeah. week? There's Watkins against Crystal Palace. He'll be back yeah. from his suspension. Mm-hmm. I suspect he'll have a good end to the season. There's Kane against a side that have been defensively very shoddy of late. Okay. As we're um, touching on Kane, I want to ask mm. you a bit about Kane. So I actually sold him for Dominic last week. And so I am Kaneless. And of course, <gasps> we all know rank wise that is suicide. 
<laughs> and it was also terrifying watching that match because <laughs> he got like what three goals and none of them counted <laughs> i know i was so angry <laughs> So it was like absolute hell not owning him and I'm kind of wanting to run straight back to him for safety. My route, of course, would be selling Iannaccio, as you say, because he blanked. And I would need to sell Bruno in order to get the funds to do that. Um, mm -hmm. would be a minus four. And I was thinking of getting Rafinha in that mm -hmm. Bruno place. And then hopefully having a little bit of extra cash to turn Jota into Greenwood so that I have some United cover going forward. And also just because at the moment Jota is doing that in. <laughs> And unless he goes big tonight, <laughs> next week, I think I'm pretty much going to want to get rid of him out of my team. So um, it's so really tough, this. my thought process. It's... So there's so many budget forwards. Do I go back to K or do I keep Bruno? <laughs> You'll take. <laughs> I take, right. So with removing my Spurs goggles for, for a minute, um, and we because we all do know how I feel about, about Harry yeah. Kane, but mm -hmm. I look at the two fixtures that, that Spurs have got coming up in 36 and 37 against Wolves and against Aston Villa and yeah. think, particularly that Wolves game, that looks a dream for yeah. the likes of Kane and Bale and Son. I do Wolves. still have Sun in my team. I did keep yeah. him. So they they don't they will Wolves will not attack in the same way that um with the same gusto, I suppose. So that will mean that Bale doesn't need to track back. It will mean that they we don't need to worry about the defensive side of the forwards games, which should okay. mean that they get mm -hmm. more far, far forwards. So I look at that Wolves game and think there's definitely potential there for Kane. Plus, there's the golden boot situation, of course, that, yeah. that's to come. And then, of course, I look at game week 37, that home fixture against Aston Villa. That's the game where the 10,000 Spurs fans will be back in the stadium. Yeah. That's the, the game where those 10,000 Spurs fans will get to watch Gareth Bale for maybe the last time in a Spurs mm -hmm. shirt. I do not see that game ending in anything other than points for the Spurs assets okay defensively there's scope for Aston Villa to also <laughs> pick up points however um I, d I do think attacking wise those two games are quite well suited and then that Leicester game on the final day of the season is so important for so many different things even if you remove Spurs from it because I'm not sure we're even in the conversation about Europe anymore after the defeat yeah. against Leeds but that's such an important game for Leicester. Mm -hmm. It's such an important game, just the way that the top of the table is going to end up. So that game is is always, is, is Kane's favourite team to play against Leicester. He always returns against okay. them. Interesting. I, Interesting. even with some of the other fixtures that they are, I would still be tempted to give Kane my arm, his arm, the armband on that last day of yeah. the season against Leicester because of his historic record. Now he didn't get, he didn't return in the return, reverse of this fixture earlier on this season, but he does seem to like playing at, in Leicester more than he does against Leicester at home. So yeah. I, I think there's scope there for him to end the season really well. Now, whether it's worth taking a massive hit to do it is kind of debatable because Spurs' form has been so up and down of late and there's so many yeah. unanswered questions at Spurs right now. But I do think he's a really nice pick for this week. And if you've the got a plan... Four, I think, doesn't worry me too much it's more losing bruno bruno but I think to be honest with bruno it's kind of his points have come from penalties more recently than open play so i was gonna obviously watch tonight and and mm. have a good scope because i 
I'm assuming he starts tonight. You know, he's my captain, so I'm hoping he starts tonight. I would have thought so. Um, I mean, I'd like I do to think see that... that out and and see how he looks tonight and whether he gets any returns from open play rather than just from a penalty and then make my my absolute decision, I think. But if I do go back to Harry Kane, he would be right up there for my armband call. Otherwise, mm. if I don't... Um, I have a couple of other options. I could still sell Ian Nacho for one of the options we, we've discussed earlier on in the in the pod. Or I could just do two defensive moves and and sell Shaw and Castagna for Dallas and Soufal and get my extra players in that way. Um, they're my options this week. But if I don't go back to Kane and I, and I don't put the armband on him, then it's between Salah and DCL. And that may come down to the wire for me. <laughs> for my captaincy yeah i mean as a non-dcl owner currently it is quite frightening the look of that game against sheffield united and, and mm-hmm. for me i'm gonna have a tough decision to make as to whether i potentially have calvert lewin but go into this game with just 10 players or don't have calvert lewin but go into the game with 11 possibly 12 yeah. depending mm-hmm. upon veltman so it's a really going to be a fine balancing act obviously i'm not doing anything until after the games on thursday evening because it's i've got to wait and see dominic calvert lewin will be highly captained i'm probably going to captain salah this week i think the away form that yeah. liverpool have shown plus his upturn in form of late means he looks like a good option Kane, I think, should be in the conversation about captaincy too in, against Wolves. Mm-hmm. So it will be difficult for me to not captain Kane, but I can sort of see the points being more shared between Sun Kane and Bale mm. in the Wolves yeah. game. Whereas I can imagine Salad kind of dominating in the way that he has in the past during that game against mm. West, a now relegated West Brom side as well. Yeah. Okay, that's it for this week's Scout the Game Week. Nim, thank you so much for joining me again. It's been so wonderful to speak to you. I will be back next week for our final Scout the Game Week of the current season, although we will be doing one the week after to kind of round up the 2021 season. Next week, I will be joined by the guys from FPL Take the Hit.